0: You are now tuned in to an episode of Truth Talks with Tiff. Stay tuned for more. talk fam welcome back to another episode of truth talks with tiff so today's episode is a continuation of the rant that i had in the last episode so at the end of the last episode i had to say my piece concerning the senate confirmation hearings of now justice ketanji brown jackson and i asked you all if you would like me to do a full episode on it and I got a good response. A lot of you reached out and said, girl, if you don't do this episode, come on, we're waiting. Like, come on. So I had a conversation with a podcaster friend of mine, Jonzel Anderson. I've done quite a few collabs with him in the past. And we both wanted to do an episode on it. And we said, well, we might as well do an episode together so we can have dialogue. And it's not just one-sided conversation with just me talking about it in my pod on my podcast and him talking about it on his podcast. Why not have a dialogue? So here we are. I'm going to take a quick commercial break and we are going to get into this episode with John Zell Anderson of Perfectly Imperfect Podcast. Please go check out his podcast. I'll have all his information in the show notes. All right, we're gonna take this quick sponsorship break and we'll get into this episode. So please stay tuned. John Zell and I will be discussing the Senate confirmation hearings of the Honorable Judge Kintanji Brown Jackson. Yes, and of course the outcome that we've all been
1: uh, excited to hear about this week. So um, Tiffany, how do you wanna jump into this topic?
0: Um, well, we could start with, um, like the tone of the hearings from some of the senators, like how they asked certain questions, how we felt about the tone. We could start there. Or we could even start where the fact with Joe Biden being adamant, he said that he was only going to choose a black woman for this position. He said okay, that before he there. was, okay. So tell
1: me a little bit more about
0: that. Cause I wasn't aware that he was adamant about that. Yes. So that was Joe Biden's before he was voted into office that on his campaign trail, he had said that if he were to be voted in, he would specifically choose a black woman for the Supreme court. That would be his nomination. I they knew that a
1: seat was coming
0: up? Yes, because um, okay. I, th- I think his name is Breyer, Justice Breyer. He's about to retire. And that's the position that she will um, Justice Jackson will be filling in, is Breyer's position. So they knew that he would be retiring, and they knew that the next president would be the one. It, w- it was either going to be, if Trump would had gotten it, or Biden would be the one to choose another justice. Mm -hmm. And Biden said that he would choose a black woman for that position because there hasn't been one.
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of people didn't like that. For those
1: who don't know, uh, Supreme Court justices, once they're in, they're in for life. So it's very important, you know, when they select somebody, it's not just a
0: four-year, you know, bid. It's like for the rest of their lives until they retire. Yes. It's a lifetime position. And um so I'm trying to think I the like other that
1: he was adamant about
0: that. Yes, That's he was stuff. very adamant about it. He had three it was I think it was three other black women that he had and they all had like amazing backgrounds when it like for the position. So they were very qualified women. Mm-hmm. Yes. The last
1: one was is it Amy Coney Barrett? Is that her name?
0: Yes. That was Trump's nomination. Yeah, and she was Mm -hmm. extremely unqualified. Very much so. Yeah. And, you know, people talked about how the Senate kind of berated her, in a way, when it came to her confirmation hearings. But it was more so because they were very unsure of her, because her qualifications were so minimal compared to Mm -hmm. prior justices. They were unsure of her capabilities and because of that they were really harsh on her and they're like well you guys are upset about how they are treating judge Kintanji brown jackson but amy comey barrett you guys didn't really say much when they asked her certain questions and their questioning more so was coming from her not being qualified
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's what i wanted with,
1: uh Ketanji, they uh it was more so she i mean there are charts to show this but she's incredibly qualified right Um, and so they had to you know they were what is it um i'm forgetting the expression they were reaching for straws is that the expression
0: yes grasping for straws
1: Uh, grasping for straws yes because they shit her resume
0: was ironclad Yes. Um, and so they just wanted to more so cast doubt on specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of get into how some of that um, transpired. Um, but I, I think the the overall, I guess, takeaway that I got from, you know, watching that, those couple of days was the amount
1: of... black women are already expected to not be the angry black woman. right um i i admired well let's just put it this way had it been me in that situation um my face would have said exactly what i was thinking yes Um, she did a very good job at um uh remaining neutral to blatant like nonsense
0: Yes, um, a fantastic poker and, face.
1: Say that again.
0: She had a fantastic poker face. Yes. But she got in a couple of side eyes. And we we love her for that. Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. um, and she used her like the pausing before answering a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, I wish there was a way to show a video on podcast. But um, the, the way that she would pause and it really just made the, the question asked for look really dumb. Yes. Um, so it, it, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a week. Um, so one of the things that I, um, heard a lot about in, uh, my main source of news is the New York times. Um, and so they were talking about how these white Republican men mostly, um, were, you know, basically kind of hostile, um, and of course, I, I remember when it started, uh, I believe it was Ted Cruz, um, who was basically like, we're not going to have any nonsense or, um, it, you know, these, like, empty promises, like, this is going to be completely fair, it's going to be above board, all of this stuff, and mm-hmm. I remember howling um, <laughs> when I heard that, uh, just because... Like, if you have to say that at the beginning, you already know what it is. Exactly. You already know what they're capable of. So that was interesting. But they criticized, like I said, they were grasping for straws. So they, of course, went after her leniency um, in sentencing um, uh, sex offenders. Uh, Of course, they always want to say... someone is like, super-duper liberal, which, of course, gets all of the Trump supporters in mm-hmm. attendance, um, and uh, liberal on things that actually matter for somebody who uh, is a black woman, such right. as race, gender, uh, guns, and abortion rights. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the sort of things that they went for. Do um, you want to comment on that? Yes,
0: I noticed that, and... Um... One of the fallacies I'm trying to remember, when I was in um critical thinking, we talked about like um fallacies, logical fallacies, and they used a lot of them here, like the <laughs> appeal to ignorance, which is um when I forget the senator's name, but it was a woman, and um she brought up the fact that Kintanji, uh when she was in private practice, and she. Was trying a case or representing, she was representing a case where it was a, a thing of pro choice, pro life, and it was some pro life women that wanted to be able to be in the clinic. Where and I'm paraphrasing that, so I might not have it exactly right, but I know they the pro life women wanted to be like right there when the women were walking into the clinic. So she was on the side of the pro-choice saying that, no, that's not okay. That's that's absolutely absurd. Like these people are doing way too much and I'm paraphrasing, but she yeah. was like, so like, why would you say something like that against pro-life women? Like 70% of the United States, the women pop the population of women are pro life. So that's how you feel about pro life women that they're doing too much. And where they
1: got their statistics from.
0: That that's what I'm wondering too. And can change you
1: question the source of a poll or um 70%
0: I was like 70%. I thought that was a high number. Um oh. but who knows where they get their stats from. But and it probably was a very small a small like test group or whatever but um yeah, usually is. yeah so she was saying to Ketanji she was like well so this is how you feel and she was just going on and on and then when she finished the question Ketanji Brown Jackson she was like uh, listen that case was I would say 1999 or 2000 and I was representing a client And it was not just me, it was a a collaborative effort. It was other attorneys that we all went over this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, The appeal to the court, they all went over it. And she said, it wasn't just me. And of course, we thought that it was ridiculous that these women wanted to literally be right in in these women's faces who are at a vulnerable time be in their faces Mm -hmm. like that of course we thought that was crazy a lot and she said so this is how so this is exactly how you feel you feel like this about pro-life women so that's the way you feel about me i'm a pro-life woman woman that's how you you're a christian woman so that means you go to church that's how you feel about women in your church because all of them are most likely pro-life how do you know that (laughs) so you're assuming yeah the assuming. Mm -hmm. But basically, that was the gist of her questioning. She was just trying to make her look bad in the eyes of pro-life women, anyone that supports Mm pro-life. That was her agenda in her questioning from a case that was in 2000 or
1: 1999.
0: Yeah, like that case is old enough to drink. Right. And not only that, like... um, judge Kintanji said she wasn't the only one on the case it was a collaborative effort
1: mm-hmm. she was serving in the role of lawyer at the time
0: yes she was um working at a private law firm at the time mm-hmm. yes
1: yeah.
0: but so I was a lot just, of them were non questions it was more so like this is something i want to broadcast about you with a slant with um um I rarely hear people give their source of where the the percentages come from. Right. Um, I guess that's okay because Donald Trump was president and he just made up his math on the go. <laughs> um, but that seventy percent cannot be. It cannot be true. At least in the no. world that I live in. Um, it was a very but, small demographic. Most likely. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the I mean, this had to be comic relief for so many people because the woman had to just basically sit there and
1: deal with the, for lack of a better term, the fuckery. Uh, Yes. uh, The whole time, you know, she she can't get angry because, you know, the angry black woman trope and Mm -hmm. she can't uh, get flustered because then they'll say we can't handle the job and you know, I, I imagine, you know, my podcast is about mental health. I think of the um, – because I just did an episode on my podcast about um, uh, the, the Jada Pinkett Smith and um, how, you know, uh, the, there's the expectation of, like,
0: acting as if nothing's wrong, right? Right. Um, and so the – and I spoke a little bit on the mental health, but, like, how how that must feel to have to push things down um, and to put on a, uh, a strong face, right, right. Um, when something is completely unfair. Um, I, I just think of the emotional toll that has to take on a person. And at this point in her career, she's probably used to it, but people shouldn't have to get used to being talked down to and... Um,
1: Disrespected and belittled. Um, so that 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 always that's that's kind of the the gut feeling I get from this whole thing. Obviously, we know the outcome is favorable, but just the the fact that in 2022, that's still something that um, not every person. If this was mm-hmm. a white man, it wouldn't it wouldn't be like this. Oh, definitely but not because. this is something historic and Mm -hmm. um you know they can kind of throw everything they can, right whether it's founded or not i just think of the emotional impact that's got to have and also on like the little black girls the brown girls the you know black boy you know kids that you know are looking you know up to see okay there's somebody that's not a white man Mm -hmm. that is gonna get to have this job it opens up um you know, opens up doors. I saw this, like, um, cartoon or uh, infographic, whatever, where it shows uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, like, literally she's kicked down the door, like, the door and the hinges are, like, laying down um, in front of her. But I think of, like, the kids who are looking at this and they're like, oh, do I have to um, pretend that things don't bother me? I just think of the, the... Amount of pressure you carry on yourself to to get what you
0: want, you have to put up with bullshit. Yes, she had. She definitely. I agree. She definitely had to put up with a lot, a lot, and she was expected to put up with that. She was expected to deal with the condescending tones from some of the senators and their questioning, the disrespect. She was expected to handle that with grace, because had she handled it any other way it would be a whole nother thing like oh she she is the angry black woman look she couldn't even handle a few questions she Mm -hmm. really isn't qualified for this position she can't even handle a few questions like it could have gone a whole nother way had she not just sat there like she did take what they were throwing at her whether be disrespectful or condescending or Just blatantly rude. She sat there and had to take in those questions and then answer them. And answer them, you know, like not snarky or sarcastic. She had to answer them in a way where she was giving them respect that they didn't even give to her. And had she not, had she came back at some of them, like the woman, I would have been like, um, ma'am, I don't know where you got your stats from. I don't know where you're pulling this out of, but... That happened years ago, okay. I, I'm, am I gonna pull up some of your history? Let's bring that up. Like you know, I could have gone there, but she didn't. Yeah. She she was like, well, um, it was a collaborative. Like the way she said it, and it's just very, it's smooth. very smooth. She was very smooth with how she handled them, and it made them look ignorant, honestly. Yep. So I, I I don't know the the, the setup of it, but. I think it's a thing where
1: you're, they can like cut you off and be like, answer the question. It's not like, let me get some dialogue, let me get some background. Like, if she answers in a way that doesn't get the desired response from Mm -hmm. them, they can like cut her off in the middle of explaining something. Isn't that how it goes?
0: right and actually in that instance with the woman she did cut her off when she was explaining like the case happened in 1990 she was like hold on i understand and and under and then she's like but what i'm saying is this is how you view pro-life women Mm -hmm. so yes they can cut her off just back her into a corner and then not let her really answer that's Mm -hmm. i think that's the most like
1: infuriating like uh interpersonal thing that you could do to somebody is ask them a question and then you open your mouth to answer and then they cut back and say more and I'm like you asked me a question but are not giving me the space to answer it I think it's uh it me
0: personally it really irritates me yep um, when that happens so I can't imagine and everyone's watching you that, that's a lot that's and a I lot of pressure I would not have done it.
1: I would not
0: have passed the test. (laughs) Me either. No, because I was literally thinking as I was going back watching some of the clips, like all those cameras, the fact that you know that so many people are watching this happen live, all the people that are in the room with you, then you have social media reposting, reposting. It's a lot. Because, you know, back in the day when they had these confirmation hearings, nobody was really, I mean, they had a few cameras and stuff, but it wasn't like it is now where you have social media and people can easily access the clips. It's a whole different ballgame now.
1: Okay, so listeners, you might hear a snoring dog
0: in the background. That's kind of my <laughs> trademark for my podcast episodes now, so um, enjoy the, the um, white noise of the snoring dog.
1: Yes, yes. Well, one of the, and I think I started talking about this earlier and didn't actually get to the point, but the thing that I found to be comic relief was the, they blew up the cover of a children's book called Anti-Racist Baby, um, which I actually have a copy of for my daughter. um, And I've read it to her a couple of times. I love that book. Um, But it was... I'm just in in my head, I'm thinking like even in a college classroom, if someone were to reference a children's book as part of a debate class, as part of a research paper, the professor would literally laugh at them. It would not even you know what I'm saying? Like it right. wouldn't even be uh, an exi- like you wouldn't even fix your mouth to like and, and to blow, like, a, a huge blow, like, they blew up pages of the book and stuff. Of, it's a very, like, also, it's not, like, a super deep book. It's, like, small sentences. Um, but I, I just think of, in a, in a college setting, that wouldn't fly. But this was in, like, the highest parts of government. And mm-hmm. they did this. And it, the whole thing was just absolutely hilarious, but also ridiculous. Um, and so he he basically showed this thing and uh had mentioned that i think it was it's a school that she's on a committee or board of is has that book as part of their curriculum mind you it's is a private school so they can do whatever they want um and then he spun it to basically say that critical race theory is being taught to and then spun it to say that she supports critical race theory do you Is that my kind of saying that
0: right? Yes. Basically, that's what um, Senator Cruz was trying to get to. Another fallacy, Red Herring, just, it's ridiculous. Just because she was on the board of that school. So we come to this conclusion because you're on the board of the school and this book happens to be at that school. You know how many schools, well, most schools have libraries. So... Mm -hmm. Just because a book is in the library, I'm supposed to know every book in that library, and because that one book is in the library, I support that book.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I just thought that was laughable. But she would have, been, like, if she would have just said, I really like this book, and I don't see anything wrong with it that, I mean, Fox News would have had a great time with that. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Um, it was It was ridiculous, but the i guess the takeaway um and here's and i've actually done a whole series on my podcast about critical race theory i'll make sure we
1: link it in the show notes yes he he expanded his argument basically to say that critical you know critical race theory is being taught in this setting you're allowing it right it's mm-hmm. just her small role in that school is like she's, they're individually like coming to her house to be like, hey, can I use this book?
0: Um, that, and you work in education, you know it don't work like that. Um, no. But the,
1: I love the clap, let me say clap back. I just love the um, the concise zingers that uh, she was serving. So yeah. For example, she's basically like, triggered. And I'm paraphrasing here. For your information, critical race theory is something that's taught in law school. It's not taught in K twelve,
2: and <laughs> that that was a moment because mm-hmm. I've done a whole thing
1: on critical race theory on my podcast. I a series, I think. Um, and the the takeaway that I get with a lot of people who are in a lather about, oh, you're teaching this to. Uh, my kids, it's basically teaching reverse racism and blah, you know, the the list goes on of
0: shake your head moments, right? Yes. And I,
1: the thing I have come to know is that people really don't know what the hell critical race theory is. I didn't really know what it was, and the whole point of me doing that series was to learn more. And, but there have been like little um, talk shows, uh, nighttime shows and stuff, where they'll like interview somebody about critical race theory, mm-hmm. and you got these like uber uh, conservatives, like parents or whatever, who's like, oh, I, I don't want that, you know, whatever. And but if you ask them what is critical race theory, it's like you hear clown music because yeah. they don't know how to even articulate in a a sentence or two what it is um oh i just know that it's not i don't want my kids to know it they've never opened a book they've never done any deep study it's just this is and you know the fear-mongering
0: has been really strong in this past decade yes for sure Um, and so it's just
1: one of those things it's like in addition to
0: masks vaccines mm-hmm. uh you know critical race theory um also you know all these things that are either you know has to be on the extreme and demonized or accepted you know right just another thing and the re-
1: i love that she just summed it up with that's a law school concept that is not something that is taught in K- k-12 and even if it was, it
0: would be incredibly difficult for a kid to comprehend. Because I'm a right. whole 29-year-old, like, master's
1: degree-holding, you know, person who had to read lots of articles and still do. And when I was reading some, to do research for my podcast, I was like, had to read stuff over and over again. Like, it's, like, legal. It's, like, very dry. Um. Uh, information, like what it's based on, and it's, it's been expanded to this, oh, you can just sprinkle some critical race theory on anything, and Mm -hmm. it's really not, like, I had a hard time, like, conceptualizing it and making it user-friendly for a podcast audience, the, the ability of that, like, the fact that people think it's just that easy is really, um,
0: baffling to me, but, I just had to speak on that, how she said this is, this is like a law school thing and it's not a public school thing. No. So talking about this?
1: But she did it with class.
0: And I feel like, I'm like, did you bring it up because she's black? Like, what was, like what's the mm. reason?
1: Well, you don't even, I mean, you asked the question but
0: you also answered <laughs> like, What's the reason? And she did yeah. say also, I don't know if it was him or if it was another senator that I asked a, a question regarding something to do with that school she's on the board of she said do you realize I am on the board I am not the director of curriculum I have no power over the curriculum I'm just on the board and it was crickets Uh so it's it was amazing that they were just they were really like you said grasping at straws Because they really couldn't come to her from the point of you're not qualified for this position because numerous senators that were opposed to her, which were Republicans, they were opposed to her. They said at the end of everything, when it was leading up to her Senate confirmation vote, they were like, well, she's definitely qualified. She's a great person and she has all the qualifications. Um, -hmm. I'm just not voting for her. And one senator, I believe it was Senator Graham, said this was the first time that he's voted no since he's been a senator for a justice. This is the first time ever he's voted no. Mm, I wonder why. Mm Mhm. That's what I'm saying. Because you voted yes for the last one and um Mm -hmm. she definitely was not qualified for the position. She
1: didn't even know how to comb her hair. But that's that's a conversation for another day. My apologies. Let's
0: keep the depression
1: on <laughs> um, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, one thing I do want to point out not only was it racist, um, a lot of the questioning and slants, I mean, and we can't even call those questions, leading questions, statements. Mm. the supreme court but um i just noticed like even like commentary from people between the different sessions or whatever they were having Mm -hmm. uh how talking about her it was a very like it it was sexist in a way that you know looked at her as oh she's a woman and on top of that she's a black woman Mm -hmm. um but for example um i think one of the I think it's a senator last name sassy or sass um uh had uh basically told um katanji like oh well you know you're incredibly likable and winsome um and the i think this one this um clip that i got is from cnn um and it was basically, like, can you imagine a white man being interviewed and, like, commenting on that, oh, you're very likable, and winsome," like, to, you know, like, the pleasantries like that. Right, right. Um, you would never. You would never. And so it's almost like, oh, you know. I, I just, it, I'm trying to articulate this. But you
0: know when you get a million thoughts coming in at the same time, and you're like, which one can i let out right um
1: it's kind of like you can be a person with a a body of work behind you uh, accomplishments accolades and stuff like that but it will always be um under the premise of what you look like Yes. So, for example, I mean, they've done this. They've done studies on this. If you got a resume that says uh, Katangi or a resume that says Brittany with the same exact credentials,
0: who are they going to hire? Brittany. They're, they're going to hire Brittany. Mm-hmm. And this has been done time and time again. Um, but the, the the I think it's just the belittling and the underestimating um, how phenomenal this person is. Right. Um, I, I personally didn't know who she was before all of this, but you know, they basically put your whole history on blast when you the spotlight like this. Yes.
1: Like, everything is incredibly impressive in my eyes.
0: Very like much she's so.
1: A mother and a wife and um all of these different things. So um they really didn't give her her props. They and really when they like belittle it and be like, oh well you're likable. Right. It's just like, how about I'm educated, I'm powerful, I'm tenacious, I'm, you know, intelligent. Like, right. can I get a different adjective?
0: Compared yeah. to every justice in the history of the Supreme Court, I top all of their qualifications. Uh, talk about that. By leaps and courses. bounds. Because you have the chart, right? Oh, yes. So Talk about that chart. Um, there's a chart that is on the Washington Post. And it shows the, it says, How can Tangie Brown Jackson's path to the Supreme Court differs from the current justices? So it has public high school, Ivy League law school, Supreme Court of the United States clerking, public defender, sentencing commission, district court, court of appeals. Okay, she's done all of it. So she's done, she went to high school. That's that's 10 categories. Five, yes, six. it's. I think it's ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven categories, plus this 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 list like the main stuff that doesn't even take into consideration like when she was in private practice and all that. So the only one so basically, that
1: good background experience on
0: the, for the job. Right? Yes, like, you're going to be a therapist. You know, for example, I'm a therapist you would want someone who's worked with uh, low income people, people who, you know, someone who's worked with high income people, people who've worked with different backgrounds, races, you know, um, different issues and stuff like that. Like you would want someone who has some competence in different areas. Yes. The main ones that that chart covers is stuff that would directly come up in decisions she has to make on the Supreme Court. Exactly. Because I think it covers schools, it covers the community it covers um, uh, sentencing like there's a lot of different things and when they broke it down and compared to how many previous justices did so it was with? one two three four five six seven eight nine so the ones that are currently on there and mm-hmm. the only one that came close was the one that's retiring the the one that she's replacing Justice Breyer mm-hmm. he matched one two three four Five, five of hers. Nobody out of else seven. out of seven. So everybody else either only has two or three. Mm. And the last one, Barrett, she only has Scoutist clerking, so Supreme Court of the United States clerking and Court of Appeals, which doesn't really count because she was thrown in there at the last minute so she could be qualified to be nominated by um Trump so he basically just threw her there so he could say okay well see she was on the court of appeals but you just put her there because you wanted to nominate her that's funny <laughs> right I, I, I was just uh, you know
1: sometimes my clients will like send me a resume or something just to like get my opinion on it like I don't obviously don't do resume editing as part of being a therapist but uh-huh sometimes people will send me a resume and I always like write or circle something in red if they say oh well I worked as a um, a camp counselor from July 2021 to August 2021 and I'll like I'll like cross that out I'm like you never put on your resume I worked somewhere for one month you just say I was
0: a camp counselor for fall of 2001 you like beef it up to make it sound better Yeah. oh I was there for a month like anybody else would be
1: like that's not any experience but literally uh, what's her face like literally just had that role just to make
0: her qualify yep
1: does, does that comparison make sense none
0: not at all not at all she hadn't she didn't even go to I mean it's not necessary to be on the supreme court to go to ivy league but she didn't even go to an ivy league school she didn't have any the only thing that made her close to um being qualified and barely is the um clerking that she did but all of them have done clerking
1: yeah that, that, that so like, it's yeah. so,
0: um, like yeah so i'm like just the just comparison saying. of like her to everyone else like she has all seven and the only one that comes closer is the one that's about to leave and he has mm-hmm. five compared to her seven and she's the only one that has sentencing commission so that's why they were coming after her so much for sentencing but they mm-hmm. failed to think about the fact that you are senate you are the ones that make the bylaws for the judiciary to
1: she was doing her job by we learned in elementary school the- <laughs> Judicial branch enforces the
0: laws that the legislative branch exactly makes. The presidents
1: or the executive signs off. Like,
0: yes, the checks and balances. Like, like what is this?
1: <laughs> they forgot. They forgot about checks and balances and how, she, like, just like any job, you're in a role, you do the job.
0: Exactly. Um, and so the sentencing or whatever is really determined by the laws. That yes. Right. And they were acting like she's just out here freestyling, doing her own thing, oh, yeah. like oprah, you get two you get two years, you get two years. I'm just being nice uh-huh. to everybody. No, she was just following the guidelines and bylaws that you all established mm-hmm. in the legislative yeah. branch.
1: Mm-hmm. She wasn't allowed to talk long enough to explain that because
0: they would cut her off. Uh-huh, they didn't want she her to expound on that. Was. no. I'm going to cut in real quick because I want to share a clip that I found on Monday. So John Zell and I recorded the episode on Sunday, but I found this clip on TikTok yesterday, which was Monday for me because today's Tuesday. Anyway, so I found this clip and it was on TikTok. It says Republican in Iowa tells Senator Grassley... Judge Kentanji Brown Jackson was treated badly by GOP Grand Old pa- Party. So, when I came across the clip, I said, mm, I wonder how the senator is going to respond. But I was pleasantly surprised by his response. He did take accountability. I'm going to just let y'all listen. So, stay tuned for that clip.
1: Just beat her up really bad. And I, I think it was just appalling it. That's all they could come up with. And the main thing they did this for is so they could get TV time. Um, I'm not going to dispute what you said, because I think you described it accurately, but you know that doesn't apply to me, or you, or if you didn't hear. Well, you're, Dur- excuse me, sir. Durbin. Durbin, Durbin me. complimented me. Excuse me, Senator, you are the head of the Senate. You're the oldest person there. You've been there 50 years. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what you've done for Iowa in the past. I have voted for you in the past. And now it's getting to the time where, where I think you're not for the people, you're more for the party. And that's my opinion.
0: I really appreciated that gentleman calling the senator to the carpet. Granted, that senator was not part of the committee for the uh, confirmation hearings. He wasn't part of that. But still, he is a senator that's a part of the Republican Party. So he represents them. And he was just saying that right now, your party isn't repping real well. The way that Kentanji Brown-Jackson was treated during the hearings was just, it was appalling. And it doesn't matter what affiliation you have, the treatment of KBJ was just appalling. And she was the most qualified nominee ever. Like it just shows like how far we have gone off kilter. Like it's just, it's sad. But I really appreciate that he called him to the carpet. He's like, look, like I'm peeping some things and I'm not feeling it. I'm seeing that you all are more for the party more so than you are for the people. And I really appreciated that. And they did say that, um, well, you heard, he was like, well, I wasn't a part of that. I, I I, definitely agree with you. I don't appreciate, like, yada, yada. And it was explained in in the comment section that he, like, denounced, like, the way she was treated. And he agreed that she it was more than qualified for being on the Supreme Court. But it's just sad the way things are going in the last, I want to say, eight years or so. It's just... It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's get back into the episode. I just wanted to share that clip because I felt like it was relevant to this episode. So let's get back into the episode with John Zell. Uh, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, really, um, his words were very
1: healing um, and they definitely um, resonated, I think with anybody who does not On the line of white male, um, and who was watching all of this unfold? Because it was like you just went through this this ridiculous like escapade, and you didn't let them break you. I I love that he just like went off script and really yes. um, Not only did he encourage her, I believe she started crying. She did. um, but he also
0: basically roasted everyone who got up there and showed their ass. Um, so, um, yes. Yes, I, I was going to talk about that too. I thought that was awesome that he took the time after she was torn down by the other senators. Um, not all of them were tearing her down, but the good part of the Republican side, they were tearing her down. Um... Mm-hmm. That he was building her up and letting her know, like, you are doing amazing through all of this. And Osof, Senator Osof, he also gave her um, encouragement and told her that, you know, you handled this with grace. All this, you were under pressure and people kept, you know, tearing you down, tearing you down, but you handled it so well.
1: So that was like the, that was like the bright spot. Um, Because most of us were just shaking our heads like why like there are many times in a week that i'm just like i would like to leave this planet right um, and go to somewhere else that's not earth because it's too much Um, (laughs) too much yeah i gotta uh catch up with
0: elon musk and see what where he's at in that process but um he (laughs) (laughs) temporarily restored um some hope in humanity so i greatly appreciated that um So, Tiffany, talk about the history that was made. Yes, so on Thursday, what date was that? Thursday was, Mm, mm, I'm bad with keeping up with dates. The 7th? April 7th? Yes, so on April 7th, the Senate had their vote, and I want to pull up the exact number. um, Because this one senator, he kind of like was being sarcastic when he said, he was like, yeah, she's an amazing person, and this and that but I'm not voting for her but she'll be confirmed anyway it's like oh okay because you know like because of um Kamala's vote with her being the Mm -hmm. president of the senate she makes the swing vote pretty much because Mm -hmm. the senate is balanced but because she is the vice president and president of the senate her vote makes the democrats have the majority so that's basically Mm -hmm. what he was trying to throw out there the vote was 53 yay and 47 nay. So 48 Democratic senators voted yay, three, rep- three Republicans voted yay, two independents voted yay, and 47 Republican senators voted nay. So she was officially confirmed on April 7th to be the first black female Supreme Court justice. And the third black female, I mean, and the third black justice.
1: And just cause I like trivia, I, I must say that Justice Katanji Brown Jackson is the very first Supreme court justice to be confirmed that has dreadlocks.
0: Yes, a... yes, it. <laughs> we yes. love to see it, so, so see much it.
1: representation in this one person,
0: yes so much. It's definitely a good moment. It is. I'm I'm. I'm very happy and pleased with this confirmation and because some people were being cynical and like the only reason why black people are happy about her being confirmed is because she's black but you guys don't know what she's done and no 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 it's not just because she's black it's just She represents so much and I took the time to look through and look at some of the stuff she's done. She's done some amazing things. And just for not only black people, but for people as a whole, like some of the policies that she's lobbied for like, she's been doing the work in the background. Like, we may not have known about her until just now, but she's been putting the work in. She's not somebody yeah, that she just... was out here
1: working. She wasn't out here doing publicity. She was out here
0: working. 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 Yes. yes. Like, she... Definitely. She's a really great candidate for this. So, I'm glad that she was officially confirmed because mm-hmm. she more than deserves this.
1: So, um, I was... I was scrolling through instagram and of course there were so many you know um celebration posts um such as uh, jada pinkett smith she said katandy brown jackson is confirmed as the first black woman and the first former public defender to serve on the u.s supreme court um and then the meme that i saw it was um, uh by trevor noah with the daily show he is hilarious um and so he had posted on his Twitter he said it's official Katanji Brown Jackson will now be the most powerful black woman in America to have her opinions dismissed by two thirds of her co-workers I just thought that that was like I like that there's comic relief there Uh but it's also um, we don't want to under like we don't want to undervalue the moment but the reality is the the battle is not over for her because she's got to deal with politics of the current um, Supreme Court justices. And you know, it's just kind of like, okay, we can get, like, for example, we had Barack Obama, we got him to be president, but then we had to deal with all the people who just opposed him for the simple fact that they opposed him, right? Right, And so it's one
0: thing to get the job, it's another thing to fight to let people do your job effectively. That's right. That.
1: It's something that, you know, we celebrate this moment. It's huge. It's, you know, knocked down some doors, most certainly. But the reality is, it's
0: the, the, the fighting is not over. We no. still
1: have a lot of work to do.
0: Yes, it's still, it's still a pretty, it's a, a long uphill battle. Because, you know, with them having lifetime tenure, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's not like, well, well after two years, after four years, we can get another person in and maybe balance things out. You gotta die. Yeah. Or
1: be incapacitated or resign. Mm-hmm. And ain't nobody resigning
0: just because. Right. I'm yeah. surprised that the one I'm, I don't know why he's resigning, but I'm surprised that he's resigning. Mm-hmm. Because that's rare. Like um the last the last one to retire was years ago. I know, um, what's her name? Ruth? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. She, w- she was thinking about retiring, but I think she ended up passing mm-hmm. before that occurred. And then that's how Amy got in.
1: What a disappointing But We don't want to, we don't even want to. No, no. It. I said what I said, and now we
0: move on. Yes.
1: Barbie <laughs> GD, frizzy hair. Yes. Um,
0: Let me stop. But I mean, they're saying Clarence Thomas. He's been having some health issues, so they're saying that they're speculating that he might, um, either retire because of health issues or whatever. So we might be able to get another one in from the Biden Harris. mm -hmm. So we should see. That would be nice. Yes. Yep. There's always still more work to do. Yes. That's part of being human. Is that
1: we're never it's never just problem solved, mission complete. It's always okay. We we handled this level of the mission, and now let's get on to the next one. That's right. So, yep, yeah, but definitely a time of celebration.
0: Definitely, so, I'm very excited for her.
1: So, thank you, Tiffany, for taking the time uh, to talk with me about this.
0: I we've collaborated a, a handful of times now. On yes, our yes, various we have. Podcasts, so um i'm glad that we were able to line our schedules up to talk about this because this is definitely a big moment but definitely um, we must give commentary on how um there are not even double standards but like triple and quadruple standards for a person based on the color of their skin and then on top Right. Um, we like to think that we're so evolved, but honestly, Stone ages and in a lot of different places. As far Definitely. As like common sense and respect and human dignity. But, right. Yeah. Because it shows. And we go on to fight another day. That's right. Because you can have all the qualifications as we saw here and still be questioned on if you're qualified. Mm hmm. So, But sorry, thank sorry. you, Zell, for having this conversation with me. I appreciate you because in my last episode I said I wanted to talk about it and I asked the listeners <laughs> if they wanted me to talk about it and I got responses like, yes, please, discuss I this.
1: I immediately texted you. I was like, <laughs> can I be the one to talk about
0: that with you because I got thoughts. Yes, I'm so glad you reached out because I was thinking, I'm like, I need somebody to have this dialogue with. I can't just have an episode and it's just one-sided. So <laughs> I appreciate yes. This conversation, yes. Well, everybody, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, T-Talk fam. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.